Okay. Wow. Well, we just recorded episode 29. Everybody. My goodness. <laughs> Sometimes those just really take it out of you, you know? Right. But hey, you just get to sit back and enjoy this story. And you, listener, just you, kidding. Just, you just grab a blanket, get your cozy jammies on, light a candle, get your drink, and get ready for this spooky story. How do I do it? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this airs on October 1st on Patreon. Happy um, spooky season. Yeah. But if you're hearing this for the first time and it's after March 1st of 2023, that means you are not a Patreon member. How dare you? (laughs) Right. Um, But hey, if you want to hear more of these kinds of stories, definitely check out our Patreon because I know that we've started releasing our On Deck of Death stories by this point. So uh, you got some catching up to do. So yeah. Yeah. And you get to see our wonderful faces. Exactly. You get to see this on video, not just like an audio in your ears. You get to see And then you can see, yeah, you can see the chaos of how our backgrounds are not what they're supposed to be. (laughs) Right. Because, you know, it's on deck at dusk and usually I'm on my deck, but there's a thunderstorm outside, like wind and rain, lightning, thunder, all of it. April is about an hour away from that. So we are going to try and beat the storm. Well, so, the wind has caught up to me, so we'll see yeah. how long I last. Yep, so you can see her hair flying in the wind. You kind of look like a mermaid, if you think about it. Like, just imagine you're underwater and your hair is like, Phew. I'm part of the world. <laughs> I imagine my hair and then water. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the wind didn't understand the beat drop there. No, <laughs> it, it missed its cue. <laughs> Like can it you, was so anticlimactic. Can you imagine if it went? That would have been way too perfect. Oh, that would have been really. That would have been epic. That would have been. We would have put that on social media. <laughs> but you better not, because it really sucked. Yeah. No, we won't. Okay, are you ready for the story? Yeah. Okay. I am ready for the story. Also. Um. All right. Hold on a go. second. Hold on. <laughs> I got to tell you about a book I'm reading really fast. Is it the book I got you? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, funny you should say. I got this today. The Atlas of True Crime, a worldwide guide to murderers, thieves, kidnappers, and con men. An atlas. <laughs> yeah. That's what it says. Yeah. Atlas. Atlas. What makes Atlas. it? Honestly, I don't understand the difference between Atlas, a thesaurus, a dictionary. <laughs> to be honest, I thought okay, an Atlas I was a map. That's what I thought too, an Atlas. Hold on. Maybe Atlas is just another word for guide. I thought I saw. Hold on. Maybe There's there literally one map in here. One map. But mm. yet, it's considered an Atlas. Yeah, I think we were lied to at least once. It's fine. I like it anyways. But no, I'm reading something a coworker suggested to me and I've read it before, but I'm restarting it because they've they have more books in the series released. Mm-hmm. And so I need to start over and, you know, listen to the all of it. Yeah. But it's an called co- This is an old coworker, right? Yeah. 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 It's called A Borrowed World by Franklin Horton. 
And I think I've talked to you about this before, but it's a post-apocalyptic book about this this terrorist attack that takes out our fuel lines and the power Mm -hmm. um, in America. And so, like, it's the story of this guy who's on a work trip and this happens and he's a prepper, but he's away from all the stuff he's prepped because he's on a work trip. Mm -hmm. And so he has to go find his way home with all his coworkers that are on the same work trip and try to find his way home and survive. And it's just so good. And they've added four more books since I let or listened to the last one. Oh, and so this is what I'm trying to get dad for Christmas, but he doesn't read books, but I think he would love it. And so I'm trying to get him the audible book, but I don't, I I don't, I don't think I would do well listening to a book. I would do better reading a book. I really like the guy's voice. I think Mm. it fits the story. Oh, that that's probably helpful. Yeah. And it's nice because like I can listen to it while I'm like doing my Glowforge stuff like I do for my podcast, but I can do like my laser stuff and then I can do or listen to it while I'm cleaning. And it's not like super scary that the kids can't listen to it. Like, you know, anyway, I would highly suggest it if anyone likes survival type stories it's so good like the writing is so good what is it called again it's called well the very first book of the series is called a borrowed world Mm. okay by franklin horton he has three other series with the same style of post-apocalyptic with different Mm. characters Mm. but the main one is a 10 book so far 10 book series and the first one is called a borrowed world highly Mm. suggest it my coworker Jason suggested it to me and I will love it. I'll love awesome. it. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check that one out. Yeah. Wait, a borrowed let me write this one down. <laughs> let me write this down. <laughs> a borrowed. Do you is have maybe, Audible? Is that included with Amazon Prime? Yeah. Yes. So get the Audible app, sign in with your Amazon, whatever. And usually okay. they'll give you a three credit at the very beginning Mm -hmm. and so you can use your credits to buy books okay but um the paperback book is ten dollars but the audible version is like 15 i think i saw okay probably just because you get it immediately you know and it's easier to read and no one wants paperbacks (laughs) so (laughs) so it's really good but if you have audible next time i see you Mm-hmm. then I can ha- I can just download it onto your device from my oh. account. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Anyway, in the comments, tell us mm-hmm. the books you're reading. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know too. I love book suggestions. Not that I'll read them, but I like to be suggested. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I want to know too because... I was just at Barnes and Noble today, which yeah. can I tell you what I was going to get you? And you could yeah. tell me if that was a good idea or a bad idea. Okay. It was in my hand and I walked around with it forever. And I just kept thinking, I'm like, I just don't think she likes to read that much. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that you would like the story. Anyway, I was going to get you a Stephen King, The Shining. Dude, I almost bought that the other day. Really? Jordan, me and Jordan were in Barnes and Noble and we were like, we should read a book for Halloween. Like we should yeah. read the same book. Or a book club. I want to be part of a book we club. We were literally re- or looking at the Stephen King pile. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Well, I almost, it was in my hand. And there was like two versions of it too. And I, could, I picked the one with the cooler cover too. Same oh yeah, price. they had like the fancy covers and then they had the yes. regular, yeah. You yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what I almost got you. But then I was like, I just don't think she's going to want, like I, I didn't want you to feel like there was an obligation to read it. And I, yeah. I didn't want you to think I was going to like follow up and be like, so have you read that book I got you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you know, what's funny is like, I'm not normally a book reader. Like I don't uh-huh. sit and read a book, right? But after, like, my favorite, that was scary. There are sounds that I don't recognize over there. Like metal sounds, people it sounds. It sounded like someone knocking on metal. Okay. Well, Maybe if someone kills over. me, it'll be recorded. Yes. I'll make sure to bring up the light Hard. so you can see their face really good. Yeah. On 1080p. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I have Gumby right here, so he'll get them. But anyway. But... My favorite murder suggested um, where the crawdads sing, which is the new movie that's out, right? Um, what? Um, where the crawdads sing? I haven't heard about that. Oh, it is so like the but the movie. I haven't read the book, but I went and saw the movie with Jordan, and it mm-hmm. is so good. And she read the book or listened to the book, and I was like, I want to read. Like I could have read this the story and been so much more connected to the story. Yeah. Like how you, you know, read Harry Potter and you're like, there's so much in the book or that Hunger wasn't Games. in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Hunger Games books are so good. My favorite. I almost bought the series again. I was like, should I have two sets? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. Anyway. Have you read them recently? Not re- not in the last 10 years. Oh, but... you should. I mean, like, I if, if you're going to get into reading, you might as well something read something you've already read. Should I've, I'm wondering if I should read Harry Potter with the kids, dude. I thought the same thing, but my kids are scared of Harry Potter. Do you think they'd be scared if you were reading it though? Probably not because they like when I read to them, and I'm like, yeah, we should my be kids reading, like long stories, you know? Yeah, just like where they're little... invested, yeah, like where they want to know what happens next, you yeah. know? You read a chapter every day or something, yeah, and we maybe we'll take turns reading. I think I'm gonna do it. You should. I think that's a really good idea. Um, we don't have Harry Potter. I'll have to go get it. But after seeing the movie where the crawdads sing, I saw the book at Target and it was only like 12 bucks. And I was like, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I buy haven't it? touched it since. <laughs> oh. but, I, but I did buy it. But like okay. I was talking to Jordan about it. I was like, I want to be a reader. Mm-hmm. And then where I was looking up Christmas gifts for dad that I want, I've been wanting to get him this series. I was like, you know what? There's more of these books. I should start this series over again. So that's yeah. where my whole brain process that I want to read books. And so Dang. now I'm listening to that series. Isn't it kind of random that I thought to go to Barnes and Noble for your gift, though, and you're on this brainwave of reading books? Yeah, Isn't that, that kind of wild? That is kind of weird. Because I specifically had that in mind. Like, I want to go to Barnes and Noble specifically and find something there. And then to know that you're having this, like, you know. Midlife crisis of wanting to read. <laughs> you've never been like that. I, <laughs> also, I also want to get a nose ring really bad. So that's really? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. You know the cute little okay. diamond ones? I want to yeah. get one of those. And then I want to get a helix piercing. Those would look cute on you. Yeah. I'm not I, saying, like, 
I'm not, my reaction wasn't like, that's a bad idea. It's just kind of like, it's just like, I'm huh. 30. Like, is that a little, it's a little too old, but I want it's one. It's kind of so like, you're like, finally, now I can do it without shame. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like know? now my mom knows I swear. <laughs> now right. my mom knows that like I drink, like I right. think now's the time that I can put holes all over my body and tap up my arms and yes, I'm ready. I'm glad that you're <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> I'm 30 and I'm thriving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 30, flirty and thriving. I'm not flirty though. Cause like I already got, I already got him. <laughs> yeah. You already got him. That's yeah. true. Well, are you, are you ready for my uh, story? Yeah. Now that I've interrupted enough. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. I thought that was How a good little conversation. Yeah. You didn't interrupt anything. So I haven't even started it yet. So you're fine. Okay. Are you Let's ready? Hear it. Yes. And this time it's an actual international story. (laughs) (laughs) I think the funniest thing is that you're like, wait, does international mean outside of the U.S.? (laughs) Because in my head, I thought international meant just like anywhere. National. (laughs) International. International. (laughs) International. (laughs) We should start calling it international stories. (laughs) Yeah. International. (laughs) It makes more sense to me. I mean, <laughs> I get your thought process, but. Right. Okay. So this is an international story. An outernational story. An outernational story. <laughs> and I am covering the Borley Rectory. Have you ever heard of it? Say it again. The Borley Rectory. Borley Rectory. That doesn't even sound like a real word. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what does that, what do those words mean? <laughs> what do that mean? I don't know. <laughs> so this story takes place in Essex, England. The rectory is located in a village called Borley. So Borley is the village name. Okay. Rectory okay. is what the building is called. The Borley okay. Rectory. But at what is um, a rectory? A rectory is where clergymen live, like priests. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then like monasteries where monks live. And then a convent is where nuns live, I think. Wow, you have a lot of knowledge about other things that I don't. But I think it's just because of my last few stories that I've... Oh, I've right. I've learned a lot about Catholicism. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but good question. Because I don't think that... I think that I only have learned that because of these stories. So. Okay. So before the rectory was built... There used to be a monastery, and legend goes that back in 1362, a monk and a nun tried to elope together, but they were caught. Forbidden love. Exactly. For punishment, the monk was hung, and the nun was bricked alive. Do you know what it means to be bricked? Monk? Isn't it monk? Monk. Monk? I don't know. What is it? (laughs) I think it's monk. Are you saying, like, monk or monk? monk but it has an o (laughs) (laughs) i know do you remember monk this the the show monk Monk. Monk. yeah yeah it's m-o-k m-o-n-k monk monk okay maybe the the proper way is monk monk wait (laughs) (laughs) monk i don't know anymore (laughs) anyway if i'm saying it weird just Just listen and move on, okay? Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, because I don't... Monk. 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 It's like in my nose. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, 
do you know what it means to be bricked alive? They throw bricks at you till you're dead. No. Worse. They put you in a brick wall till you're dead. Yeah. So this nun was put into a basement room and then sealed off with bricks where she would just die there in this horrible way to go. Yeah, seriously. The monastery stood until about 19, sorry, (laughs) until about 1841 when it was destroyed by a fire. And in 1863, the Borley Rectory was built directly on top of where the monastery used to be. The the rectory was built by Reverend Henry D.E. Bull. And a year after the rectory was built, he became a rector of the parish. So he was just a reverend, and then he became the rector, which is basically, like, if if you know LDS world, it's kind of like the stake president. Oh, okay. So, except instead of, like, the stake president going home, he lives at the rectory. Okay. With his family. So, right away, the Bull family, they started having some weird, unexplainable things happen to them, or around them, inside of the rectory. Often, guests would say, guests would would say that they would hear footsteps and would look and no one would be there. At one point, Henry, the reverend, slash rector, he said that he had seen a ghostly apparition of a nun and became sort of obsessed with her. He saw her like once or twice and then thought, wow, this is awesome. I want to see her as much as possible. So he ended up building a summer home adjacent to the rectory so that it had a perfect view of where she was seen walking across the lawn. And he would just sit out there every day and smoke his cigar and just talk to this nun who really isn't there, <laughs> but in hopes that she would like be summoned or whatever. Kind so of he became obsessed and in love with a ghost nun. Uh huh. Forbidden love. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Uh huh. Exactly. Okay. <clears throat> I see a pattern. Uh, the Bull, right. The Bull <laughs> family didn't mind the occasional sightings of the ghostly nun, but visitors would be really freaked out. Yeah. They claimed that they would see her pale face looking inward from windows. She was often seen walking across a lawn in broad daylight. That's um, and, Yeah. That, I feel like that would take a lot of energy, don't you think? Yeah. So it seems like at nighttime, that's when ghosts have their most energy. But like during the day, it just seems like that would take a lot to make it happen. Right. So I don't know. Um, but Henry died in 1892 and his son Harry took over the rectory. For some reason, this really stirred up the paranormal activity in the home, and the sightings of the nun were happening even more frequently, as well as loud banging noises. Apparently, the Bull family was well-known, but unpopular around town. Hmm. It was rumored that when Henry was alive, he would whip or abuse the other clergymen for misbehaving or disobeying, and that he was also sleeping around. Not really the Uh, most lovable guy. Yeah. Um, interestingly, both Henry and Harry, father and son, they both died in the same room of the rectory. They hmm. call that the blue room. And that's known to be the most haunted room in the house. Right. On July 28th of 1900, one of the bold daughters named Ellis said she was outside at nighttime when she saw a woman off in the distance. When she got closer, she saw that she was a nun But as soon as she tried to talk to her, the woman vanished. 
the family's dogs were often too afraid to go anywhere alone or were seen growling at nothing. One time, Harry said that he was sitting outside with his dog when the dog started to growl towards the garden area. He looked over and saw just a pair of legs through some trees. But as he got closer to get a better look, he saw the rest of the upper body and noticed that it was headless. He said the person walked straight through the garden gate and then vanished. Uh, Various locals said they they have seen strange things happening. They had seen strange things when looking at the property. At night, many claimed to see phantom stagecoach being driven by two headless horsemen. Huh. Yeah, which you don't hear about headless horsemen very often. No, like you, I only hear that through like the Halloween, like, tales or whatever yeah Yeah. right interesting and like what about that you know the headless horse what does that mean yeah it feels like it's a symbol of something like if you see that then it means something but what so Mm, i don't know the mysteries we'll never (laughs) know the answer to right (laughs) so harry died uh the son he died in june of 1927 And for a year, the home sat vacant until Reverend Eric Smith took over the ownership of the of the house. He knew about the rumors of the paranormal activity within the house. So almost right away, he consulted with Harry Price to get his opinion on whether or not the house was haunted. So who is Harry Price? Do you remember who that is? Harry Price. Does that sound familiar to you? Should it? People who know. Yeah. People who know like paranormal stuff know usually know a little bit about this guy see i know the warrens but okay price does not ring a bell it might harry once price, you start talking about him yeah so harry price was like back in like the 1930s era okay so the warrens were after yeah much after. and they yeah so early in let me just tell you a little bit about harry price just to recap for anybody who's wondering so early in his career, he was known for his magic tricks, and he'd get a kick out of revealing other magician's secrets. That's not allowed. Time, right. And around this time, some people were capitalizing on wartime tragedy by claiming to be mediums or psychics who can communicate with dead loved ones. Mm-hmm. So he ended up focusing a lot of his career from like debunking magicians to debunking mediums. So that was what his career really focused on was debunking the paranormal going in and being like this has to be fake like i'm gonna i'm gonna find the strings i'm gonna find whatever it is yeah if i can't then it's real you know yeah but like that was his goal is to always be able to debunk it yeah okay so he began to dabble in investigating haunted houses and even described poltergeists to be mischievous entities and he would have fun with them So he enjoyed the paranormal when he saw the real deal. Hmm. Um, He ended up spending 16 years investigating the Borley Rectory and wrote two books describing the encounters. Whoa, that's cool. I'd love to read that. Yeah, right? Um, Harry Price actually came at the request of the Smith family. The Smiths went to a London newspaper called The Daily Mirror and described what they had been experiencing as well as retelling stories from previous owners. They wanted to know, is it haunted or is it not? Mm -hmm. One bit of information that really captured everyone's attention at this point 
was that the wife, Mrs. Smith, which we never, I could not find what her actual name is. Um, so that she, she went down into the cellar and found an old abandoned cabinet. When she opened it, she found something wrapped in paper. When she opened that, she found a, a human skull. Yikes. So they decided to bury the skull in the church courtyard. But she said that soon after that, the activity became much worse. Oh. They said that they were hearing bells ringing when there weren't any nearby. Uh, when they went outside, they would see lights coming from inside the house. Reverend Smith said that he was in the blue room where both Harry and Henry had passed away mm-hmm. and heard he heard the words, don't, Carlos, don't, whispered into his ear and no one was around. And it's like, who's Carlos? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's a new character. I don't know. But they also claimed to have seen a ghostly apparition of a man in a top hat. Maybe that's Carlos. <laughs> uh, Harry Price showed up to the house in 1929. In his writings, he described the place as, or he described when he first showed up, he described that as the 16 hours of thrills. Apparently, the activity picked up when he arrived because they were constantly chasing noises like knocks and bangs and bells ringing, trying to find explanations for the sounds. And he could not figure it out. The Smith family ended up moving out of the rectory because they had had enough of the constant chaos mm-hmm. in and around the house. It was difficult to find a replacement rector because of all the rumors. Then, yeah. a year later, Reverend Lionel Foister and his wife Marianne and their daughter Adelaide, uh, they moved in. And it was October of 1930. And it became apparent that some sort of poltergeist had taken over the home. They had water poured on them while they slept. They had rocks and glass bottles thrown at them. There were mysterious fires being started. A glass bottle at one time randomly shattered. The wife, Marianne, was even thrown from her bed. And at one point, her head was pushed down into the mattress to where she nearly suffocated. Oh, my gosh. Another time, Adelaide was locked into a room, but the door was keyless. So there's no reason why she should have been locked in there. Oh, my gosh. Strange writings began to appear on the walls. Oh, that is, like, so scary. Having it, like, scratched into the wall because, like, mm-hmm. in a mirror, I feel like that probably wouldn't take too much energy. But, like, the effort it would take yeah. to freaking scratch something the into pressure. the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's scary. So the phrases that were etched into the wall, actually, I think it was the ceiling is what I, I heard in one podcast telling it is that mm. one phrase said, Marianne, please help. And Marianne's the wife, right? Yeah. So there's an etch in the wall that said, Marianne, please help. Then there's another one that said, Marianne, please do mass prayers interesting so it's not even saying like threats which is what i would expect hell (laughs) yeah (laughs) or like get out you know like that's what i would expect if it's being scratched into the wall not something like help me pray you know Mm -hmm. all this stuff that that that's like twisty to me like it doesn't seem like the poltergeist seems like demonic Mm -hmm. but it's telling them to do mass prayer right unless unless like the nun 
is stuck there with all these demons, you know, or something crazy. But like she that. wouldn't have the energy to do that, don't you think? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I'm confused. So not only was this happening to the wife, but also the daughter started to become a target. This is when they decided to have the house exercised. And it worked for a while. It seemed like the activity just moved from the house to the chapel. And I guess there was a chapel like on the same property, just not in the house. Okay. Um, so the activity moved. It seemed like it moved from one location to another. And in the chapel, they began to hear music playing and they began to he- smell strange odors. And some of them would be sweet, good smelling things. And some of the- some would be very foul, like maybe sulfur or whatever Mm. it might be, but just awful stench. And with no explanation of where it's coming from or why it came, why it left. And like previous owners, the Foisters had had enough and they moved away and the house sat vacant until 1937 when somebody else moves in. And who do you think moves in at this point? Who would you guess? 1937. 1937 in England. Mm-hmm. Prince Harry. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Charles? Just kidding. Nope. <clears throat> Harry Price. Which sounds like Prince Harry. Harry That's Price. Close. <laughs> yeah. You just the same letters. There, switch it around. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he moves in. Okay. And he advertised in the local newspaper for people co- to come stay with him in the home for one year to do paranormal research. Mainly, he wanted people to come in to the house, live there, and just report any strange occurrences that might happen. Kind of like just like a experimental study. <laughs> like a live-in thing. nanny for the poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he got so many responses, though, that he ended up having to narrow it down to 48 people. Whoa. Crazy, huh? Yeah. And in March of 1938, so this is the March after this, um, a pla- planchette seance, which I think is like a Ouija, Ouija board yeah. seance, yeah, um, was performed by Helen Glanville, and she was one of the people that had moved in. And it's believed that they had communicated with a spirit who claimed to be a French nun named Mary Lair, who, or Marie Lair who left the convent to marry a man named Henry Waldegrave. And after they got married, her new husband strangled her to death in an old building on the property and buried her remains in the cellar. So that could explain why they found a skull in the cellar. Yeah. It could explain the writings on the wall asking for help. Yeah. You know? That's true. true. Okay. During the same seance, they also believe they made contact with a spirit named Sunex Amurez. And I might be saying that wrong. Hmm. But he said that he would burn the place down when he and he would burn the place down. And when he does, the bones of a victim would be revealed. Eleven it's months a later. A, a, bones, victim? a bones of a victim. Yeah. Oh, like not someone he killed necessarily, but someone. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> 11 months later, on February 27th of 1939, the new owner of the rectory, Captain W.H. Gregson, 
was unpacking boxes in his office when an oil lamp fell over and the entire place burned to ashes. As it burned, people from around town came to watch. Many witnesses reported seeing what looked like a nun standing in the upper windows. Wow. As it burned. In August of 1943, Henry Price... Henry. I meant Harry Price. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In August of 1943, Harry Price paid a visit to the ruins of the rectory to do some digging to see if he could find anything valuable, useful, anything at all. Mm -hmm. And as he was digging, he found the cellar of the old rectory, and then he found human bones. Oh, my gosh. Later, it was confirmed to have been a female. The remains were given to a local church for proper burial. And to today, the rectory is no longer there, but claimed... But there are still claims the land is still very active with paranormal activity. Strange lights are sometimes seen as well as unexplainable noises and voices. People still claim to see apparitions of nuns and headless horsemen, as well as children in Victorian style clothing. And while a lot of the stories may just be rumors, there's really no way to prove or disprove them at this point. Mm-hmm. But it makes it also creepy not knowing what actually happened, but, there, but knowing that something must have happened. Yeah. The end. What is blowing my mind is that they had that seance that said that there were bones in the cellar. There was a body in the cellar and it was true that it happened. That's why I'm like, why are skeptics so skeptical? (laughs) Right. It's like, how could they, how? Like, what kind of magic trick is that? Right. So. I mean, I guess they could be making up that there was a seance that said that. But you have enough witnesses that like going back and say, "Oh yeah, there was a seance that said we'd find these." Right. I guess that's true. Yeah, but don't take the magic away. Okay, the magic is there. It's haunted. Harry Price is legit. There's demons. There's nuns who nuns proper burials. (laughs) There's all kinds of things to see and feel spooked about. Right. I like it. I, I yeah. love what my head always says, I want to go there. <laughs> but like, right. It's like, that's like, nice. I want to see. Good story, dude. Thank you. That was spooky. What's it? Yeah, it's crazy. Like how I feel like the older stories, like the older places have so much more evidence than mm-hmm. any of the newer stuff. Like the pizza place you were talking about last episode. Yeah. Like, I feel like you get so much more evidence. I mean, I guess there's more time that lapses or whatever. But I feel like you get so much more, like, substance to maybe why it's haunted or, like... But because people are, like, actually, like, recording things of, yeah, like, what has happened. And I feel like you probably get less, like, dramatized stuff with the older ones because I get I, more consistent information <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? I, I feel like the older places like east coast or even uh like other countries or whatever that have outer like, national places <laughs> outer national <laughs> yeah but I feel yeah. like you get you just get more like valid like validity to the evidence mm-hmm. right I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But I but I think it's really cool to have like I wanna like read those books from that Harry guy. Yeah. Cause I'm like, what what 
like does does his book sound like delusions does his book sound like i should mention i didn't put that in my notes but um so and that's why we drink podcast Mm -hmm. they covered this story i don't remember which episode number it is but i think they were the ones that mentioned this is that in the first book that harry price wrote there's actually a what is it called like a document in there, like a copy of a document in there with signatures of everybody that was there. And and they said, yes, these events are true. And they did mm. happen. And I have, and I think it was M who did say, in, and that's why we drink podcasts. She, uh, they said that the first book was very like dramatic and flowery and like, um, old, like a journal entry almost. Mm-hmm. And the second book was more like, proper and structured and like very scientifically looked at you know yeah like just the way he worded things are very different in the second book and then if you but if you compare both books because they're about the same thing yeah some of the stories don't totally they're not the same oh so that's where some people are just like did his story change because he forgot what happened or is it because it didn't actually happen like that in the first place you know because you know how they say like if like don't lie because you can't remember a lie you know right right yeah well I think I think sometimes too like especially if something happened and you tell the story with more like dramatics and emotion and then you go and analyze it and put it in an analytical like Mm -hmm. way or describe it that way it does translate different like yeah that's fair yeah i because i i feel like it doesn't mean it's not true i think just the way you're explaining it it is not as is just not the same yeah yep i agree with that you're totally right but that is where some people are just like, why doesn't it add up though? You know, like why yeah. is the story exactly the same? But right. you're totally right. Like depending on what words he was using might change the story completely, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Especially if he's trying to like have a more scientific approach. Mm-hmm. I do think that does change how the story is told, but not the validity of the story. Yeah. I mean, That's- you can still argue that maybe it wasn't true. I mean, it's possible, but I d- I think that it can get lost in translation if you're not using emotion, if you're not explaining like it's it, like how you felt during that that experience yeah. or like you know, using the adjectives and flowery words, you know, mm-hmm. like it does change it. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, totally. But it'd be uh, interesting to look at though, like to yeah. see how they see if i can find that book at barnes noble that was kind of a stretch but i was like maybe i can find a copy and have it like relate to this story but oh yeah not at barnes and noble guys (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if you could even find it like i don't don't even know what it's called i think it's called like the haunted house like the haunted i don't remember but the rectory the borley rectory is actually considered England's most haunted house. Really? Yeah. Huh. And Ghost Adventures has not been there. They might have. I didn't even look. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even look. I'm like they probably have. I think that Ghost Hunters has. I, I like them Ghost better. Hunters. Me too. They're more legit. 
I they think. have better personalities. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe I just don't. I don't vibe well with Zach Baggins. Baggins. Is it Baggins? Baggins. Like a bagel. Yeah, because M calls him bagel bites. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, good one. I liked it. Everybody. Thanks everybody for listening to this one. Got us in the spooky, spooky spirit thinking of ghosts. Yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't make me like. What was the one you were? What was the story last time that like freaked me the hell out? When I was in the basement. No, it was the a regular episode, I think. Oh. And I was in the basement. Um, like I was. Was it the pizzeria one? It might have been. I think it was like the girl, like the, like when you were talking about the girl, ghost. oh, being all black. Yes, I don't know why, but that specific description <laughs> description had me freaking the hell out. Yeah, you know those black eyed kids. Yeah, yes, but you don't see like that, <laughs> like black everything kids. Yeah. You know? It just, it just got me, and then I literally ran up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, next episode, next On Deck at Dusk episode is going to be coming out on November 1st, and it's going to be April's turn. True again. crime. Yep. Buckle I wonder, my, then my next one's going to be December 1st, and I'm going to yeah. try to make it Christmassy themed. So we'll see. That'll be interesting. Yeah, so if anybody has any suggestions, any Patreon members, because you're the only ones that will hear this time. <laughs> you were looking for outernational stories. Not international. No, outernational stories. So don't get it twisted. Because <laughs> you're going to confuse me. <laughs> with your suggestions. But yeah, I mean, I'm always up for, like, if you have ideas. Katie got me this book. That I'm going to yeah. probably be using <laughs> for all my things because it's nice to have ideas that I'm not like Googling like the day before international true crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's well, interesting enough to cover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, yep. good one. I, I'm i going to have to find a really good one for freaking November. Yeah, the whole world except for the U.S. So the whole outer national world. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to let you live that down cuz that's <laughs> hilarious. That's fine. Okay, well, you know what we made our curfew at 9 o'clock. So oh my gosh, I have time to never peace so bad. I swear every single time I have to end our recordings because I with have your to bowel pee. movements. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's okay, a, well thanks everybody problem. for listening. If you're hearing this just audio, it's March. So happy March and Good luck to you, I guess. <laughs> um, but if you're listening to this on time, happy Halloween. And yes, we'll happy Halloween. November 1st. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks. For, <laughs> yep. Thanks for coming and paying for looking at us. Yep. Unless you're not, you cheap ass. <laughs> yeah. Well, $4 burn a hole in your pocket. Well, Every give month? it to us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, how much do you pay for Netflix? And how much do you use it? How much do you really enjoy Netflix? Give us your Netflix money. Constantly. (laughs) Netflix is worth way more than we are. Yeah. Okay, well, that's our conversation, April. (laughs) 
We can't. We can't. Are we worth more than Peacock? Yes. Isn't Peacock free? No. My Peacock is free. (laughs) Yeah. It's a free Roku (laughs) channel. No, it's... Well, but you gotta pay for your subscription, don't you? I'm not paying for it. (laughs) Well, we're worth more than Peacock. (laughs) Yes. At least there's that. So give us your four... Is that our lowest tier is $4? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Come on. You can give us $48 a year. Yeah. Good math. Good math. (laughs) Yeah. That's like... I think that's like fifth grade level. (laughs) Anyways, okay. okay, okay, okay. Let's mm. get this wrapped up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, mm. bye. bye.